I went to a conference, and a gentleman I never heard of took the stage. I had to refer to the program to see what a speaking topic was going to be, and truthfully, it didn't stand out as it was one of many business coaches that were basically all in the same niche. I figured I would listen for the next few minutes, and if his information doesn't float my boat, then I'm taking a break. Strangely, he started his speech by reciting the words from a rap song, one that he believed related to his topic. He wasn't wrong. The more he shared, the more I paid attention, and time passed really quickly. The hour was soon over, unfortunately, but what I did next was the important part. I bought his book, signed, of course, and thanked him. Then I followed him on social media and joined his email list. I watched his live broadcasts if the time was right. I'd have to say, based off my own actions and everybody else's at the conference, he owned the audience. You're listening to It All Works. I'm your host, Jason Wheeler, and this is episode 20, Owning Your Audience. Wow, 20 episodes. But if you consider how much work I put into them, it's about 160 hours so far and 60,000 written words later. I'm not bitter. It's totally worth it. I hope you're enjoying this journey with me so far. Back to this week's topic. When I talk about owning your audience, I'm not just talking about being an amazing speaker on stage. That, of course, is the way to succeed. I'm not talking about owning the audience like they can't look away. I'm referring to what happens after people discover you. Let's start at the beginning. How people discover you is a very important part of the process. When you stumble across a discovery that you grow to love, and that can be anything from a food product, a location, a TV show, and in this case, a person, it can seem quite serendipitous, but your own likes and dislikes play a big role. And being observant lends itself to the situation. But people have to be open to something new, and they aren't like that all the time. Sometimes they have more pressing things on their minds. One key thing though, the conditions play a huge role. And what I mean by conditions is the right place, the right time, the right mood, so basically as many right things as you can have to get all the stars to align. That first impression is a delicate one. Because we are cynical and we look for disqualifiers automatically, I'm sure you do it several times a day with anything you're about to make a choice, like about something new. When you look for something to watch on TV, you channel flick repeatedly because you disqualify as you're going along. You do it when you're going to buy a book, when you're listening to music, or window shopping. When it comes to building your following, what you have to do is to prevent yourself by being disqualified by your ideal audience. And you have to do that first. It's the defensive part of attraction marketing. You have to do something in the beginning that keeps them from moving on so you can continue to build a connection with them. This really isn't a new lesson for any of us, but something has changed. The amount of time people will initially give you is much smaller. When you think about how fast the delivery of information happens now, Your window to make an impression is directly proportional to that. If your website lags for a second, people are done and gone. Think about this. When a platform counts a view as anything more than four seconds, they are telling you the window is small. Last more than four seconds and you have a good shot. So you have all the right conditions and you got past the first impression. So what just happened? I'll tell you. You broke through. You did what you set out to do. For you to win your audience, you need to turn a glimmer into a blink into a look, and then get their full attention. That's how attraction marketing happens sometimes. You've done it a ton of times in your life, but now that we have talked about it, you will notice yourself doing it. You'll sense when you are diverting and directing your attention, but this is just the beginning. You've not been dismissed, but you don't own your audience yet, but you now have the opportunity to. You don't just need the opportunity, but you have to create it. And if you can master this, you'll do better than most. 
It doesn't matter if you're on stage or online, there are different ways you can create your opportunities. After you break through, you need to present something that is compelling. Some people have problems with this part, because there's people that believe everything they say or do is so interesting to others, and that's how you end up seeing a lot of senseless content on social media, or updates on people's profiles that aren't important. And then there are people that can't fathom how their message could be compelling to anyone else but themselves. The important thing is that we need to focus on the people we can help the most. Because when we do that, we find the words in the message that can reach them on a very personal level. If you can do that, you will create a way for them to show a reaction. If you can spark a reaction, voluntary or involuntary, you are making an interaction, which is necessary to build more reaction. Let me give you an example. If someone was on stage and has an audience as they're demonstrating something, and then hint at another feature, they might ask the audience if they want to see it. If they get some energy from the crowd, that shows that people are compelled to react. When it comes to digital marketing, you can do the same thing. You can do this in a live video presentation, but you can do it in all your videos and audio content and in all your written content too. It's important to involve the people who are consuming your content. It makes them a participant, and that's something that propels people even further on a journey with you. If I did a three-part podcast series, and on the very first episode, I asked you to subscribe so you don't miss the other two parts to get them downloaded automatically, that's a great way to get people to show participation and show you there are signs of life out there that are compelled to interact. The more value you give in just the right way to the right audience, you will notice it will pull people in. Not just to what you are talking about or your message, you will start to have some gravitational pull personally. It's no coincidence I use this word. You create a gravitational pull so they can discover your world. The more pull you create, the more likely it is that people will try and find more of what you have to offer in any corner of the internet. They might look for a podcast or YouTube channels. They might really like taking in a lot of what you have on your website. And most certainly will want to be up to date on everything you do, so they follow you on social media just in case. They will want to discover your world and what you have created. Online, it's so important that we make it easy for people to discover more of your content. I went into this topic deep on my last episode called Becoming a Destination. You can create a path they can journey to find the message you want to convey. I know breadcrumbs is a technical term for websites so people can find their way back from when they used your website. In this case, it's about leaving obvious clues where people can find you and what route to take. And I've said this before, if you're planning out the journey you want people to go on to discover more of your content, storyboard it out, plan it. That's the best way. You need to help them take in your information in an order that makes sense. By laying out so-called breadcrumbs, you lead the way. And you need to have some depth. The more content you have to offer and making sure it's useful and valuable will really make people continue to consume it. If they do run out of new content to consume, they will anticipate it through your emails, social media, and wherever you turn up on search. You know what I mean. I've discovered content from the people I follow when they do interviews or events on somebody else's platform. It's great to get people's attention and hold it and pique their interest, but you'll need to continue to feed them new content to maintain that connection. For me, I have some people I follow almost religiously and I view almost every piece of their content as it's published or delivered. Let's just say it's my top 10 people. You have them too. It could be people who entertain you or the ones you look up to, but you find their content gives you the most value for your time and you crave it. There's no mistake that they have your attention and you are part of the audience they own. 
How hard would it be for someone to break into your top 10? You might say it's pretty hard, but it's really not. People discover new people and things all the time. When it comes to attention, it's not a swap in and out kind of situation. You might have 20 or 30 people you're interested in listening to. What might happen over time is people will drop off, either by not keeping you compelled, or they become irrelevant, or they just disappear. We don't remove people out of our circle of interest because of lack of space. I'm sure there's a limit to how many people you can pay close attention to, but it's not a cage match. When people like what they see or hear, they welcome it into their lives. Otherwise, there's no getting through. Sometimes you might not have a raving fan, but you have a person who welcomes your content in. Online, that's expressed in reach and views and email opens. If people welcome any content you provide, it's a positive sign. You probably won't have any unfollows or any unsubscribes. And that's important because a huge part of owning your audience is having the ability to communicate with them more freely. So, your email list, for example, is a way you can communicate with them whenever you want directly because you have done all the right things to get permission to do so. And these days, that permission is not easily granted. Having a rapport with people and building a connection is so important, but getting permission is the very next step to owning your audience, and owning it for a long time. Just like a lot of other things in business, turnover can be your enemy. So the longer you can maintain a connection with the people you serve better, the chances are you can help them and you both succeed. And there's a mathematical way to back this up. Let's just say you're speaking on a stage in a large room, and initially 100 people walk in to listen to you. Every 10 minutes, 5 people walk in to listen, but 5 walk out every 30 minutes. That's actually a positive outcome, because every hour, your audience will grow by 20. You can see how this would play out with followers and subscribers online, and of course every time you do a live broadcast. So it's no surprise that owning your audience for a longer period of time will have a positive, cumulative effect, and it will help your business grow. You can do so many things right from the start to create content that will help you own your audience. Doing things to gain their attention and doing it well long enough to keep it. Building a long-standing connection and getting permission are key. One of the main things that will make all the difference is you. You are in total control of what you share and how you wish to do it. Your experience, skill, and talent must be used so you can stand out from the rest to get people to see the value you bring into their lives. It can be done. I hope you manage to do it. Making it all work. If you're an entrepreneur, then you can see the real value in owning your audience. In this digital age, your online business will need you to harness the full potential of your audience, and the best way to do it is to be able to direct market to them with permission. And the key is for them to be open to it, to allow it and welcome it as part of the content you provide. The great thing is there's a lot of programs that can help you manage your audience and following and give you the ability to automate it and do most of the heavy lifting for you. This is where you can make your biggest gains online. And it's no secret that having an email list is still one of the best ways to market to your audience. This whole episode was about owning your audience so you can get the permission you need to market to them and they are raring to go when you offer products and services that will help them specifically. Doing all these things to a niched-in audience that you serve best is the fastest and most effective way to generate sales and income for your online business. If you don't already have an email list, what are you waiting for? This is one of the best ways to convert followers and subscribers into buyers. I hope you got some valuable information about owning your audience from this week's episode. 
If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me from this episode's page in the itallworks.com website. I always like hearing from my listeners. If you want to get extra content on my podcast topics, you can join the conversation in the It All Works Facebook group. You'll be able to network with some of the best members I could ask for. And don't forget to subscribe so you can get future episodes of this podcast automatically. Thanks for listening and sharing your time with me. Until next week, take care.